Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to teach you how to take back your life and dare to progress towards bettering yourself, honing your gifts, and using them for good in the world. Listen in to be inspired by others who are walking the same path of self-improvement paired with self-love, and to be a part of a community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. Today, I am going to share a Do Something Highlight interview with you. My guest's name is Karina Heilner. She is such a fantastic woman. She reached out to me after being really into the podcast for a while and seeing it make some good changes in her life. And we talked for a long time on the phone, um, probably a few weeks before we actually recorded this episode. I love learning who you guys are. I love connecting with you on the internet. I love connecting with you in real life. I actually got to do both with Karina because she attended my Rediscover You workshop. I have to just commend all the women who are part of this community and a few men too. You guys really are incredible. You show up every week and listen. You share the podcast. You come to the workshops and you learn and you, you show me that this is all for something. So thank you for that. Before I turn to my interview with Karina, 
I want to ask you a question. It's a little prompt for you. Where do you see yourself in a year? I hope that you see yourself in a different place, one that's better than where you are. And if you struggle to see that or you don't know how or you do know what you want but have not really gotten there before, let me help you. I am a progress coach for small group coaching with my progress program. I work with groups of five to 10 women. We are going to start our first sessions on November 1st and the doors for the program are open now to apply. I am doing my best to keep this small and intimate and impactful. On top of the weekly group coaching meetings that we'll have via the web, we'll also have exclusive content for you. Worksheets, workbooks, tutorials and trainings by me, and even private podcasts just for you. I've been planning this for months. I'm so excited to share it with you. It has my whole heart and soul, and I cannot wait for you to participate. You can check that out on my website, aboutprogress.com, and click on the link, Progress Program. As you can hear, I'm a little under the weather. I'm sorry for that, but luckily, the interview is not me when I'm under the weather. So let's dive into a much prettier voice and my time with the amazing Karina. I want to welcome Karina Heilner to the show. Hi, Karina. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. We already chatted off the air for quite a while. You got a lot more history of me than you probably wanted to know, but I was so glad oh, you reached that. out. Oh, it was fabulous. You you reached out to me. We we chatted on the DMs, and this is sounding like some weird <laughs> internet thing, but man, some of the best friendships I've had the last few years have been these internet friendships, and you are now one of them. So how about you introduce yourself to my listeners? Um. My name's Karina Heilner. Um, I'm just a regular mom. I mean, I'm a mom of five kids. I have kids ranging from um, 15 to three. Um, I, you know, I mean, I just do the mom thing, and I picked up running somewhere along the way, so I guess I do that too. Um, Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, I fold laundry, and I take kids to and from practices and to and from school and I clean my house and it's kind of what I do. Oh my goodness. Being a mom of five, I mean, there is no way to fully explain just how much is packed into your day. And I know that alone is like a triple time, full-time job. So you are amazing. I know you're an amazing runner as well. But what you shared with me was the story that, you, that you've that you been sharing a little more openly in your life. And how about you tell us first, you know, when, how did that come about, you even sharing your story in a more public way lately? Yeah, so um, I, after my, my kids, I always struggled a little bit. I would say after my second one, I definitely had postpartum depression. Um, But I was able to get over it pretty easily. But after my fifth baby, I um, sustained a pelvic injury. She was posterior. And so my pelvis, like the pubic symphysis, started to tear off the pubic bone. That might be be too much information. Oh, no, it just sounds so um, painful. I feel like I can feel it. Yeah. And so, I mean, I feel like if I just had a baby to deal with, I could always deal with that. But if you added any kind of complications to that it was really difficult for me to deal and then not 
being able to run because of that injury, running had kind of become my coping mechanism. Mm. Um, really, all of my previous mental issues really were emphasized and came out during that time. And it just, it got really bad. I mean, I got to a point where I just didn't want to live anymore. Um, and so I started to, I mean, I'd been seeing medical doctors for a long time. Um, and nobody could really answer what was wrong. Like they knew what was wrong. My pubic bone was hurt, but they couldn't figure out why it wasn't healing. And I was told really to give up running and that just wasn't something that I could accept like that was my love and um it wasn't really I think until I finally succumbed to the idea of a therapist and I'd seen therapists in the past but it just was still had a stigma for me but I started to see a therapist and um that along with finding a physical therapist that could help my body heal um kind of got me through that hard time. But seeing that, that that mental therapist really helped me to understand how my past and the traumas of my past were affecting my physical body. Oh, you know, this is something I am learning a lot about. Um, it's been brought up by Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife uh, in the interview we did together on Body Image. We talked about how the body knows. It's so fascinating that the body has just, um, absorbed our lives, like the way we think, the choices we made, the things that happened to us, um, in, in such unique and hard to unwire ways that have to be paid attention to. And I feel like your body just cries out that it, that you, your soul needs help when, when you're not willing to see it otherwise, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it's not a very widely accepted I mean, it's getting more so because of the research that's coming out, but I feel like we have our medical doctors that treat our physical bodies, and then we have psychologists that treat our mental state, but I don't think that we've fully come to understand the mind-body connection. Yeah, so. I know. I mean, there's so much we could talk about there, but you talked about a coping mechanism, and running as a coping mechanism, I totally get. I have a similar story, too. I was told to stop running, although... I did primarily stop running, although I cheat sometimes. Um, but I get that as a coping mechanism. For me, it was um, after, in a way of trying to deal with my own eating disorders. I know you have a similar story. So yeah. share with us what was going on. What were these coping mechanisms you had had in place in your life for so many years that you were still working on and how they came about, like why you even needed them in the first place? Yeah, so um, I guess... Like, I guess I'll just start from the beginning. Um, when I was five years old, I was sexually molested by a neighbor boy. Um, and that really didn't come out. I mean, I talked to my parents, but it was kind of swept under the rug. I mean, not by them, but I think just in that time. I mean, this was, you know, almost 30 years ago. Like, we just mm-hmm. didn't know what we know about it now. Yeah. Um, and then from then on, like, I just remember always feeling worthless and like nobody was going to like me. And so I really tried hard to form this identity for myself. Um, I guess you could say to, you know, try to be perfect. I got good grades. I, you know, was the model child. I didn't want to lie. And, um, 
I think by the time I was a teenager, like an early teenager, 13, 14, so I gravitated towards an eating disorder um, in a way to seek that perfection. You know, I mean, in our society, being thin is desirable. And so I thought maybe if I was thin enough, then I would be good enough, right? And then it just never was good enough. I would Mm -hmm. set a goal weight and I would get to the goal weight and I'd feel good about it for a minute. And then I want it to be at a lower goal weight. And um, after about six months, I'd lost close to 30 pounds. And my parents were, of course, freaking out. And so I was hospitalized. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. And at that time, there wasn't a lot of great eating disorder recovery options. So I was put in primary children's hospital for 10 days until my insurance ran out and lived on a diet, like a liquid diet for all through junior high and high school. And for that many years. Yeah. Wow. So is that Um, because they didn't have enough research about how to help someone recover through that at that point? It was like that uncommon or? No, I think it was just, I wasn't ready to recover. I mean, I still wouldn't even acknowledge that I had a problem. And my parents were desperate to keep me alive. So they put me in primary children's. They got me back up to an acceptable weight what they, you know, the, the bare minimum of what I needed to be and sent me home and I still didn't want to eat. So it was kind of a, either you eat that drink this, it was insure at the time, either you drink this liquid nutrition or we will call your home health nurse and she will come to it. And so that's kind of how I lived for five years. Um, so, I mean, they did keep me alive, which I'm thankful for, but I don't know if I would have made it without, that. Wow. So Karina, this is, this is years of entrenched habits, thought patterns, behaviors, and all driven towards trying to prove your worth through perfectionism. Is that how you would? Right. right. Okay. Whoa. I'm just so overwhelmed. I just feel so overwhelmed for the teenage you growing up. And, and how, how are you able to, to just thrive as an adult? I mean, coming out of your teenage years, what did that look like? Did you start a formal recovery or is that something like it just kind of shifted? My parents sent me to college. I didn't live at home, kind of on a faith and a prayer. And I continued with my liquid nutrition and then slowly ate food, but it wasn't healthy. I mean, my eating habits were not healthy. I got married, um, and you know, my poor husband, I don't know that he knew what he was getting into. I tried to tell him. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, until you're living with it. But I think really, I was able to get more healthy eating patterns when I was pregnant with my first baby, because I didn't have to take responsibility for feeding myself. I was doing it for my child. And Mm -hmm. at that point, I also realized, oh, like I can eat and I don't just gain 10 pounds overnight. Like that was always my fear. If I eat normally, then I'm just going to blow up. And I think being able to do it for him, I mean, I didn't know he was a boy at first, but it really kind of saved me in that way. Mm -hmm. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the 
must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You know I often speak about how women must do habits differently, and one of the biggest reasons why is simply biology. In other words, hormones. Our hormones are a real factor to how we feel physically, mentally, and emotionally, and they constantly change day to day and year to year as we age. My friends warned me that the hormone roller coaster gets harder as we get older, and they were right. From worse PMS to more aggravating period symptoms to all the things that come with perimenopause and menopause. If you're wanting help with that hormone roller coaster, I want you to check out today's sponsor, Happy Mammoth, and their supplement, Hormone Harmony, a bottle of which is sold every 24 seconds with over 17,000 reviews. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it but it's perfect for those horrible perimenopause and menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, and so much more. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. If you want to feel more like yourself, make sure you go to Happy Mammoth and find Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code PROGRESS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PROGRESS for 15% off today. Okay, and then you still transitioned over to having, I mean, still having this uh, drive to be super, super thin, to still be, um, to have a lot of... um, success too as a runner and that and then that kind of fought against you too later on yeah so I mean I think I after my third baby we had just moved and I was having a hard time making friends and I started running with a group of friends and it was great and then you know at first I just did it for fun and for social reasons and then I didn't suck at it and it became like like the eating disorder it just my brain turned another thing to work against me and so I was still chasing numbers right instead of Mm -hmm. chasing the lower weight I was chasing the lower times I wanted to get my half marathon times lower and my marathon times lower and it was I mean I was getting faster but it was getting harder for me to enjoy it like there was so much pressure because my entire worth rested on those numbers and I would stand at the start line of races and just break down like be crying like I don't know if I can do this and what if I fail and what are people going to think of me you know I won't have anything if I can't get a PR at this race Mm. So all that all or nothing thinking, right. you know, thinking, worrying about what people are going to think. It's so heavy. It's such a hard yeah. way to live. So how did you come to a place where you decided enough of this? 
Well, I mean, it was like I said, after I had my fifth baby Mm -hmm. and I like have to give a good shout out to my therapist. She was amazing. And I went to see her and she was like, you know, it sounds to me like you're having an identity crisis. And I thought, you know, I would have never put it that way. But I mean, she was right. Like my identity had always rested on something outside of me and I didn't really know who I was. And, you know, she asked me, when did this thinking start? And I thought back and I thought, you know, this thinking started for me um, when I was five years old, when I was molested by my neighbor. And I had never given myself permission to even acknowledge that that incident had affected me. I just felt like, you know, I've heard of, of people who had it so much worse, like, you know, had stepfathers that had raped them repeatedly for years. And I thought, who am I to say that a one-time incident affected me? And then even then, I still felt like it was my fault. Like I had done something bad. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time and I shouldn't have been there. Um, you know, I listened to safety kids. I Like yeah. those kind of thoughts went through my brain and I... I just had never given myself permission to heal. And no matter how many times, you know, and it had come up in therapy before when I was a teenager and it was kind of pushed aside. You know, they w- the therapists would say, oh, that wasn't your fault. And I guess in my brain, I could say that as a five-year-old child, that wasn't my fault. But I still, I mean, even still to this day, it I feel sh- shame when I talk about it. Like it, it hurts a little because I know in my head that it wasn't my fault, but it still feels like I did something bad. Oh, um, just heartbreaking. That is so heartbreaking, but, Karina. Yeah. But giving myself permission to acknowledge that it affected me and, you know, reading more research on how even just a one or two time incident can affect your brain development, especially at such a young age was empowering because then it gave me permission to heal from something. I didn't know that I needed to heal from that because I had never acknowledged that it had affected me. What's interesting to me that even in your, in even your abuse in your mind, wasn't good enough to qualify, (laughs) you know, like it's like, I just, I understand this thinking because so much of my life has been similar in, in, in the thought patterns and, and the right. rejection of myself. But just to the extreme it's been for you was really intense. It's really hard. And I'm just curious what life is looking like now for you. What are you doing to move through this to, to own that this was a trauma for you and that it's, it's hard enough to accept it as a trauma and then move through it in a way that's going to empower you to make real progress in your life instead of having it be about a a perfect life. Uh, I think acknowledging it is the first, and being vocal about it, uh, because being vocal about it gives it, like you said, gives it the credit it's due. It really did Mm -hmm. affect me. It affected my brain patterns and the way I thought about myself. And it manifested itself in physical forms and in just giving 
itself a voice and being able to say, yes, this affected me, but I don't, I don't want to be a victim of it. I want to come out on top and Mm -hmm. just, I think like, I, I don't want to sound like I have the answers because I don't, I have in no way arrived. I would say like when you sent me this email about how you want me to talk about how I've overcome perfection, I wouldn't say I've overcome it. I don't think that in this lifetime I will. I hope I can move up on the scale. So maybe I'm at a three now where I started at a zero. And I Mm -hmm. think that was super hard for me. It's taken me a long time to get from a zero to a three. And I think I would love to see myself at a five and then maybe a six. And maybe I can um, move forward from there. But there's little things that I've had to do, like there's certain races that I run that I know trigger me, and I've had to change the way that I run because that's become my new eating disorder, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say, where it can't be about numbers for me. It just can't. I I don't train like I used to. I don't go to a track and try to run 800s in a certain time. I just go out for a morning run, and if I feel like running fast, I do. And if I don't, I don't. And last year, I decided to just run a race and not tell anybody because I didn't want the pressure. I didn't want that. I want it because I really do love to run. And I wanted to just run a marathon for the joy of running a marathon and not worry about the time. And if I, it blew up on me, it blew up on me. And nobody even had to know. Hmm. And I, I mean, miraculously, running like that, I got like a five-minute PR and I won the marathon Like it was so, and I mean, it was just so empowering to me to see how the pressure was affecting me, even in my running, because I can't let go and just do what I am trained to do when I'm so, when my whole worth rests on that run. Wow. So, and coupled with that is just the power of the mind. Yes. And, you know, it's also hard to un- undo those patterns. I mean, that also speaks to the power of mind in, in hard ways, too. Um, yes. That it's so important the way we think, the way we view our lives, our inner selves, our souls, all of that is, I mean, you, you just can't go around it. You just can't. I still do a lot of self-talk. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm better at it than others, but I still have to do this. You know what? It's okay. It's okay that your house wasn't clean today. It's Okay. You know, the world didn't yeah. fall apart. Your kids are all still alive. We're all fed. Mm-hmm. They all are in bed now or, you know, it's okay. You didn't run that fast today. You didn't hit the times you wanted to. It doesn't matter. Like nobody cares. You're still you. Nobody loves you less because of it. But I have to constantly be reminding myself these things. I mean, maybe I sound crazy when I'm saying this self-talk, but not at all. I really have to talk back to that negative voice in my brain that is always telling me that I am not enough and I'm not worthy unless I am doing something externally to show everyone how great I am. Well, that takes true courage, I think, to do that self-talk. And I know that is number one in the beginning of being able to undo all of those negative thoughts and the patterns that you have in place. And I'm still doing it too. I mean, I'm 12 years in and I still have to do it every single day. I think you're right. You don't completely overcome perfectionism, but it does get easier. And the more you're just, it's, it's what I wanted you to talk about though, was how courage can look like 
refusing to buy into the idea that your ex, like your internal self has to be proved by your external success. And that's what I see you striving to do. Not that it has to be perfect either, you know, right? because <laughs> if you think right. that has to be perfect, then, you know, it's going to be, you're going to be defeated all the time. But how is, how is your, the rest of your life been um, shifting as you're trying to own how real progress for you is not focusing on perfection? Um, I think it's, that's such a hard question. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like just being more real with who I am, like, I'll be honest, like I'm still getting to know myself, mm-hmm. finding that it's okay like myself until I, I can't really expect anybody else to like me. And not that people don't like me. It's just when I'm putting up a show, how can they even know if they like me? Because they're not getting the real me. Yeah, They're getting the only the parts that I want them to see of me. And that's, you know, you can't really make real connections when you're, trying to appear perfect all the time. People yes. don't connect with that. So I would say... And um, you can't connect to yourself, just like you were saying. Right. You're figuring that out. Yeah. So I'd say I think my connections with my family and my friends have become more meaningful, and I am able to accept that I'm not perfect. And as I'm getting to know myself, there's a lot of things that I really like, and there's some things that I don't like, and that's okay. Mm. Like, none of us are perfect, and we can move the things I don't like. Those are the things that I'm working on, and maybe I'll never get it in this life, and maybe I will, but I'll keep working on it. You know, I'll give it everything I've got. Amazing. I mean, I think living this way takes far more courage than being hell-bent on on being that perfectionist, you know, the one that's always making people amazed at you. It can be scary. It can be, it can be scary to step down well, from I feel that like pedestal. We give, we give um, praise to perfectionists, yeah. right? They always look like they're doing the right thing and, and they get a lot of accolades, they do. but real connections they do not get. And, you know, I have a theory on that and I, I think I've written about it, probably talked about it a few times on, you know, over the course of the last hundred episodes, but it's been a while, but my theory is that we, we praise perfectionists because we want to believe that ideal exists, um, so that we can, we can achieve it and be admired too. And it just doesn't, even for those ones who seem to have all those accolades, they are suffering in so many ways that might not be totally present. And you know, this firsthand, I know this firsthand and I, I love that we're kind of banding hands together here and showing life is better on this side. It's still hard. Yeah. It's still stressful. You still have to do a lot of therapy, a lot of self-talk and a lot of work, but it's, it's better. No, I totally agree. I mean, I think just being true to me, finding out who me is, has been fun and hard and scary. And I'm still scared. Like what if people see the real me and they don't like me? Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, that people pleaser side of me, that perfectionist side of me wants everybody to like me. And I've had to be okay with saying when I'm the real me, some people might not like me and that's okay. Yeah. 
You know, not everybody loves everybody. (laughs) I mean, certain people connect and certain people don't. And that's okay. Like, the real me's quite opinionated, I've found out. And (laughs) and that's okay. (laughs) I have found that out too. Wow. This is so, this is so interesting to me. I think a lot of who we are is like a mirror. Um, Not all that we've experienced, but definitely the drive behind it and the tendencies. And I I love having someone who knows what this is like and daring to live on the other side of it. Karina, you are so amazing. If you could leave just one little bit of advice to our listeners today, you know, what would that be? Um, I would just say, be true to yourself, find out who you are and live it. I mean, and that's so much easier said than done, but it's so important. Life is too short to try to live a lie. Okay. Could not say it better myself. Thank you so much, Karina, for being on the show. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you. Karina really amazed me by her courage and her willingness to share. And I hope that I did it justice for what she's been through and and the lessons she's learned along the way. These are such hard lessons. That last bit, especially where she was emphasizing to own who we really are and listening to our inner voice and not letting others approval or disapproval of us get in the way is very timely for me. And I hope it was for you too. These do something highlights are something I want to continue doing. If you have someone in your own life that you'd like to nominate or to nominate yourself, you can do so through the contact form on my new website aboutprogress.com. I'll see you next week. And until then, remember life is about progress, not perfection. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.